Be sure to check out our website, planetfearpodcast.com, for links to our social media, contact information, and our latest episodes. You can also find us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to follow us, give us that five-star rating, or hit the like button to let us know you enjoy the show. The world is a fearful place. We are surrounded by people and things that would do us harm. Some walk among us every day, while others lurk in the shadows, a threat unknown. Join us as we discuss all of the things that frighten us most, from the paranormal and unknown, to the true and horrific crimes committed by our very own kind, with Matt Knapp and Lauren Smith on Planet Planet Fear. So about a month ago, yeah, you started seeing. You didn't see it. These promos, no. Oh. I honestly didn't see the promotion for this until after, like, probably two weeks after you told me about it, because that's how long it took Facebook to realize that we had talked about it and pop up stuff, right? In fairness, you were out of town. Oh. You were actually oh. okay. <laughs> so <laughs> because I knew, I remember that because whenever I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, I want to tell Lauren about this." But she's but out of town. She's out of town. I'll wait until she gets back. I'm always out of town. Okay. And then you got back, and then there was probably like another week or two before I remembered. Oh yes, yes, yes. And I was like, "Oh yeah." I remember you telling me about it. I'm like, "Okay, why are you telling me about this?" <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you started seeing promos for this show, mm-hmm. and it was a true crime documentary that also had to do with Bigfoot. Yes. So, obviously it rang our planet fear bell because guess what? That's, we happen to be into yeah. true crime and paranormal and Bigfoot and cryptids and whatever other fearful things you can think of. I mean, this is like made for us. Yeah. So, we scheduled, we, we figured out the day that it was coming out, April 20th, of course... 420. <laughs> and we decided that we were going to watch it together for science Yay. purposes, research, right? Yes. So we did. Turns out this show, from a true crime standpoint, really wasn't that bad. I pretty much enjoyed it. I thought the the more time that passes and the more I think about it mm-hmm. and reflect on it, I think it was a really good true crime show. Yeah. However, they definitely took advantage of Bigfoot being the hot topic right now and all the people who watch Bigfoot-related things, like the other Bigfoot shows out there, they took advantage of that and promoted it as a Bigfoot-type documentary. Now, spoiler alert, you're going (laughs) to have to, like, just know that from the bat. If you haven't seen it yet, we're about to ruin it for you. Yeah, if you plan on watching (laughs) this after now, just turn the show off now. Watch Go the movie, watch come it. Back. Yeah. Come back. So, from a Bigfoot researcher, Bigfoot person in the community standpoint, it wasn't great. Uh, no, no. not really Bigfoot related. No, they kind of they capitalized on the Bigfoot um, phenomenon right now. It seemed really forced. It did, and so basically, what they did is they interviewed a few key people, some Bigfoot researcher types, and then went a whole nother direction after that with it. So it's like they featured this piece to tie in the Bigfoot and then they just went back to true crime. Um, Turns out they butchered a few of those interviews to make them sound not like they were. So specifically Bobo. Who is 
James Bobo Fay of Finding, Finding Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Did you notice that? Okay, so they had him. Yeah. They had a few other people. Yeah. So basically, the few other people are people that like nobody's going to recognize. Mm-hmm. But they had Bobo, mm-hmm. who was the fan favorite of Finding Bigfoot and was mm-hmm. like on the Tonight Show. Like, if you're going to recognize a Bigfoot name, it's probably going to be Bobo, or he's going to definitely be one of them. Mm-hmm. They had Dr. Meldrum, who's in every Bigfoot documentary mm-hmm. that comes out as the leading authority, you know. Yeah. Bob Gimlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know how to refer to him. The God of Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> like, know, like. Like, he's, he was there whenever the Patterson film was filmed. So they got the heavy hitters. And then... Bob Hieronymus. Bob Hieronymus. See, that kind of surprised me. Yeah. They want to throw in this one angle where like, oh, well, the Patterson film might not be real. Yeah. So they bring this up and it was just really interesting because it's like they had Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. And then this guy, it's all a hoax. Yeah. I hoaxed it. Everything's a hoax. And then it's like after that, they just went full true crime with it. And it's like, why did you even put that in there? Yeah. What was your goal? And then at the very end, David, the investigative mm-hmm. reporter or whatever, he goes, no, nah, man, I don't freaking believe it's Bigfoot. Bigfoot ain't real. Yeah. And I'm like, why did you just make an entire documentary trying to figure out if it was Bigfoot that killed these people? Well. I mean, we know why, <laughs> but you know, it was just yeah. like, seriously. But the funniest thing to me was whenever they have a, a, a couple in the that they interview about Bigfoot. And the funny part is when they start arguing with each other, first of all, just like a couple. That's how we know they were yeah. legit. Second, it is literally the Bigfoot community. Oh, yeah. If if you've spent any time in the Bigfoot community, which if you're listening to this, I hope you haven't. <laughs> Unfortunately for myself and Lauren, uh, yeah. we we thrive in that community. But it's very toxic. Oh, and my it's gosh. constant arguing between factions of you, beliefs. You cannot state an opinion... Or even like support somebody else's opinion, even if it's not your own, without being pegged as yeah. something. Like you have to be labeled and put into a box. Yeah. And it is so frustrating. You're not allowed to learn new things or anything. Anyway, so these guys are fighting and he's like, <laughs> well, I'm flesh and blood, but but he he believes in, you know, teleportation and stuff. And he's like, I do not. And he's like, you're freaking woo. And they just like start cussing at each other. And it is so hilarious because me and Matt are just sitting there laughing because literally, this is the Bigfoot community in a nutshell. Yeah. An old married couple bickering about BS instead of yeah. focusing on the thing. Neither one of them knows if they're right or wrong or <laughs> no. anything. They just, the fact that they're a couple actually kind of surprises me that they've made it work. <laughs> Whenever you see like all the hatred and venom oh my God, they got in the Bigfoot it. world yeah. and, and these, these guys, God bless them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> must be must be a rough th- thing around the dinner table. Well, I think probably that's like the only thing that you know. It made me think of that's that. That's like their pet fight. <laughs> it made me think of that video that went viral of the two corgis that like are always fighting <laughs> yes. one another. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it looked like. Honestly, and sounded like it was really funny. Anyway, so you're watching the mo- the documentary. I'm sorry, the documentary three parts. And well, they stretched it into three parts. Yeah, <laughs> could have been like one, <laughs> yeah, ninety-minute thing. So anyway, turns out the entire thing really is true crime, and it's about Humboldt County 
um, Mendocino County in California, the Emerald Triangle, and it's about pot farms and everything that happens on those farms. Um, so if you've seen Murder Mountain, you kind of know what's going on. There's another show out there about the disappearances you know, in Humboldt County and stuff like that. So there's quite a few documentaries out there about this, but this is a prevalent thing in that there are people out there who make their living doing this. They're kind of outlaw off the grid. Stuff goes down out there that people go missing a lot. Which I kind of like to point out that the uh, Duplass brothers, who are the producers behind this, who produced some other great documentaries, the director, the main journalist, David Holthouse, I believe is his yeah. name. These guys had to think for at least a second that they've got a gold mine sitting here. Mm-hmm. They had true crime, cannabis, mm-hmm. and Bigfoot mm-hmm. all in one. Yep. And those are like at least near the top of like trending topics right now. Yep. However. However. <laughs> they missed the mark on the Bigfoot part completely. But well, did I, they? Because they gained all of our views on it. Every was, one of us I, viewed I, it. I, I think that's all they were after. I think so too. They didn't want this to be, they didn't want this true crime documentary to be lost in amongst right. all the others. But whenever I saw it being advertised, mm-hmm. it was being pushed as a Bigfoot thing mm-hmm. in the Bigfoot community yeah. by Bigfooters that were like kind of inadvertently connected to it. So it's pissed off a lot of Bigfooters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you go back and reflect on all of it, they didn't lie about anything, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they if you think about the wording that they used and everything, it's yeah. like they never said that it was specifically Bigfoot that was responsible mm-hmm. or that Bigfoot was part of it. They just alluded to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe because the poster is a silhouette of Bigfoot. <laughs> I mean. That might have something to do with it. It is really blurry. Could it be is. a dude. We don't know. Yeah. So, yeah that happened but that leads us to the very real problem that there are murders going on in these counties and have been for years forever the the whole cannabis growing thing in those counties a lot there was a big influx in the 70s after the vietnam war a lot of these veterans came home they had issues obviously they didn't return home to cheers and support no They were turned home. They were shunned. They were booed. They were called baby killers. All of this awful stuff. And a lot of them were like, screw the U.S. Yeah. I'm going off grid. So this is how a lot of the OG growers, which is a term that you hear a lot in the documentary, as well as anything you watch about about the farms and the Emerald Triangle and stuff, they're called OG, which is original growers. And so a lot of the OGs are actually Vietnam veterans that went off grid to just grow their weed, sustain, be self-sustained, and sell their weed and make some profit, you know. The, the weed was an income for them. Yeah, it was an income. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to go out here and get high. That happens, too. It's not that but, they didn't smoke it. <laughs> yeah, but this was an income. Anyway, over the years, you know, different stuff happened. Um, you have the 70s, the 80s. Well, in the 90s, there was a huge influx of people that were going up there to start these huge grow operations. This is the 80s and 90s and make this into million dollar profit, right? Yeah. Now, these people were serious 
And so they had like hired security. And by that, I mean, not actual security personnel. (laughs) I mean, dudes on four wheelers with guns. Right. So they have these huge grow operations. They have booby traps set up. They have dogs everywhere, you know, to alert. I mean, these are very secretive operations. Well, then the authorities decide to wage the war on drugs in the 90s. And they start camp, which is what cannabis. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an acronym for something. But basically they have helicopters and they fly over and find these pot farms. And then they go cut them down and burn them and arrest people. And it's like a huge thing. This was all the result of the uh, uh, war on drugs during the Reagan administration back in the 80s when it started to kind of combat uh, not marijuana, but actually crack mm-hmm. cocaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of encompassed everything. Yeah. And then eventually law enforcement agencies, different government agencies get funding Get equipment, get manpower, and it turned into this whole thing. Literally a war on drugs. Yeah, and anytime you have drugs or anything illegal going on that's producing substantial amounts of money, Mm -hmm. the cartel catches wind of it, Mm -hmm. and they get involved. So then you had the Mexican cartel coming up here, Mm -hmm. and that's when, like you said, it turned into an all-out war. Yeah. So, of course, we have these guys, they have these grow operations, right? These They're farmers, and they have crops. Well, when we have crops, we have people that need to tend the crops. And this is another term that I learned during all of this. You have trimigrants, <laughs> which is people who come from other countries, not just Mexico, yeah. France, England, everywhere. Italy, everywhere. They come, Australia especially, they come from other countries to work in this what they think is this nirvana you yeah. get to trim bud you get to smoke and live this hippie commune you know they're gonna life. pay you in weed yeah give you a place to stay turns out you. not so much they they would live in not so great conditions they would work 12 hour days for not very much and they were kind of trapped there a lot of them get off the bus they are picked up by someone who usually is wanting to take advantage of them mm-hmm and they go out there they don't have a vehicle to get back to town they're out in the middle of nowhere there's no self-service even when you know later on when there were cell phones there's no cell service out there there's no way to contact anyone they're kind of trapped there and even if they did make it back to town most of these places the towns we're talking about are just Mm -hmm. you know dips in the road they're not even they don't have any there's not like a bus station or anything so you have these trimigrants who often go missing especially in Humboldt County. Uh, Their families never hear from them again. There were some that some, uh, I I don't remember which town it was, but in the documentary, they said that it was really racist and that, you know, um, there was like a war on Mexicans there. Like they did not want anyone Hispanic in their town. And, you know, and so that's why they went missing. There was like this whole little caveat Mm -hmm. that they did on it. But from my research and what I was watching was these people go missing And they're never heard of again. And whenever the families would try to get the sheriff to go investigate and stuff, I mean, the sheriff would be like, oh, well, you know, they're probably just, you know, moved on to a different place. And we don't know. They would give all these excuses. But then it came down to the sheriff's department and law enforcement won't go up there because they're not welcome. And at some points when they go through that, those those properties when they just drive the road there will be guys on enduros on dirt bikes 
driving next to them, escorting them through. Mm-hmm. And the cops can't do anything about it. And I'm sure some of the cops are probably yeah. on payrolls. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, it but what sense. would you tell a family, though? Like, look, yeah. your relatives probably dead and we're never going to find them. Yeah, they're on some property somewhere. Nobody's going to tell us anything. Yeah. You know, that it is really a serious thing. People go missing a lot up there. It's a migrant worker type community. But there's an added criminal element of a lot of these places now are legal. But there are still a lot of black market places. And back then they were all black market. Well, if you've got somebody that, you know set up shop 20 30 years ago yeah before mm-hmm. marijuana started becoming legalized all over the united states um, especially in california mm-hmm. they're not just going to shut down and just go legit Mm-mm. and pay all that money to the government no they're going to keep doing what they were doing and so i found out something about that that i didn't know until recently I guess it was all over the news, but I didn't pay attention because, you know, I don't live in California. But whenever weed was legalized, you know, of course, when the government takes control of something, they put all kinds of rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. So the marijuana could not have insecticide, pesticide, you know, it all had to be organic. And then you had to put pharmaceutical. Yeah, you have to be able to put this sticker on it right here that says like FDA approved basically. Yeah. And so they had a they had fire sales all through California where they were all trying to sell off their what they called dirty as quick as they could because they had to have clean product to replace it with and all this. It was this huge thing. So a lot of places and this is like in the, you know, more recent years, the last few years mm-hmm. of the 2000s that we're in, there's a lot of OGs that decided to go full black market or stay black market. Because they don't want to have to make clean. They don't want to have to make clean marijuana. And so that was something I never knew about. And so they had to convert. They had to go to town. They had to go to the courthouse and get like their documents that were giving them approval for this much square footage or this much like this lot size to grow on Mm -hmm. this one nursery, one this, one this. They had to outline basically their entire grow plan. And I just thought that was crazy because back in the day, they would like scatter some seeds out and then, you know, like grow their weed and be like, all right, here you go. You also have all the documentation and regulations Mm -hmm. and pay Mm -hmm. that comes into play for employees, those trimigrants. And one of the big things in California going on is contract workers versus employees Mm -hmm. california i don't they might have even done this past a bill where you can't have contractual workers anymore yeah uh they have to be employees all that you know now you're providing health insurance you know Mm -hmm. you can't sustain a business that way especially the way that they had been doing at that point what do you do do you just go broke and go hungry Mm-mm. or do you just stay out in the woods and do your thing basically they call they call themselves outlaws yeah and they say that all right well we're living that outlaw lifestyle and <laughs> this one guy he said the difference between an outlaw and a criminal is that as an outlaw i don't go out looking to break the rules every day and do illegal things he said i just don't believe that the laws are completely accurate and so i sell my stuff and it's like nope pretty much that that's, <laughs> that's exactly what you're doing is going <laughs> yeah. and breaking the rules to make a living but yeah <laughs> you know i i sympathize with him but it was just the way he said it was really funny well to give you an idea of how regulated the marijuana industry is 
over the past couple of years, it was legalized medicinally here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They just instituted a thing that they've been working on this entire time where they will literally be tracing a seed mm-hmm. all the way to the consumer. And all that will be in the logs, in the computers, where they can follow an individual seed that produces a plant and the marijuana buds that that plant produces all the way to who purchased it, mm-hmm. who smoked it, yeah. ate it, whatever. So I mean, that's crazy. I have, so a family member of mine has a farm outside Oklahoma City, and I, you know, would go out there and help her trim every now and then because it's really relaxing. It's just like gardening, but. I mean, it is gardening. It's gardening, <laughs> but with, you know, a better um, smell. And <laughs> and so. It ain't a turnip pack. I <laughs> know. Um, there's, a, there's a great aroma. So anyway, I'll be out there helping her trim and. You know, I, w- I had a box of leaves. Like, this is the stalks that we trimmed off, you know? This is not the buds. Mm-hmm. This is not the important part. This is literally just the extra leaves. Put them in a box over here, and I said, what do I do with the sh- these? And she said, oh, we have to package and weigh them and um, report that to the government. Yeah. They have to report... The trash. The trash that they trimmed off because the government doesn't want them sidelining that and selling it illegally. Yeah. I was, I mean, I'm not surprised, but it was still a little bit mind boggling. I'm like, because they're the so taxed, freaks. they're so taxed yeah. on it. The government wants to make sure that they get their cut. Yes, exactly. It was, it just blew my mind. So then you have like back to California, you have these OGs that have been out there doing this thing. They've been through the camp war on drugs. They've been through all this and successfully made it through that. And then you have legalization that comes along and just ruins everything. It's worse than the war on drugs mm-hmm. for some of them. Yeah. And they, um, you know, they turn full outlaw or black market or they sell and get out a lot of them. But. And you still have the cartel and you still have yeah. the biker gangs and you still have yeah. like you know, the meth heads or whatever you want to call yeah, them. Yeah, so then meth comes into play. And so you had these guys up there running these grow operations and they were always high, on, not on weed, <laughs> and yeah. they were really unstable. I mean, if they you can kept get somebody their, to, you know, 10 crops for all night long and all day. Exactly. <laughs> and they kept their employees absolutely freaking terrified of them by fear. They used fear tactics to keep their employees loyal and... Um, if one of them didn't abide, they would just take care of them. Yeah. It's like a known thing there. And so the sheriff's office, like the law enforcement, they wouldn't go on those properties and they wouldn't do anything about it. And they and so at one point, like in Murder Mountain, this guy shoots this other guy. And it's known. They have the body. They take him to the hospital. Like he dies. They know it's this guy. Everybody saw this guy. And the sheriff's like, yeah, he's running around with a gun. We're not going to arrest him. No, no, no. He's got a gun. Uh-uh. Well, I mean, what are they going like, to do? I mean, okay, so I understand your law enforcement. It's your job. You know, that's what you're there for. But at the same time, those police officers want to go home, too. Mm-hmm. And they know, like, look, if we go up there, it's their territory. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They've got more guns than we do. They can make us disappear just as easily as anybody else. I mean, I get that, but... Like, innocent people are dying. Unfortunately, so, <laughs> that's usually the case yeah. in criminal activities. The thing that, you know, we wanted to do a show on this because that documentary had come out. And 
we're a true crime show. We wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, we thought we were going to. The like, war on drugs. Or, we thought you know, we were going to get true crime and Bigfoot. Yeah. Turns out only one of those things. But so this is a thing. People go missing up there all the time, whether they're murdered or they just die in a tent on the side of a hill taking care of a crop. You know, ODs. There's a lot of ODs now, not from weed, but yeah. other substances being passed around to the trimmigrants. But. The, the reason I wanted to talk about this is that you're thinking, all right, that's in California. Whatevs. No, 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 no. That's here. That's in southeastern Oklahoma. That is in Arkansas. That's here close to home. That is in, I'm sorry, northeastern Oklahoma as well. I would dare say pretty much Any anywhere that has the climate <laughs> to grow weed yeah, probably has so. been growing weed. But for me, it's close to home because when I go out in the woods, I carry a sidearm. Now, I carry my sidearm for hogs, for big cats, for stupid people who think that they want to mess with the cute little girl out in the woods by herself. No, 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 no. Now, I have to worry about people out there growing illegally and me being out in nature, enjoying the woods, looking for Bigfoot, and coming across something I shouldn't. That has happened so many times. People, Bigfoot researchers, being chased out of the woods by guys on four-wheelers with guns because they got too close to an illegal grow. And unfortunately here and in some other southern states, mm-hmm. and I'm sure probably some northern states as well at this point, you have meth labs. That too. They like to set up shop out, you know, in the middle of nowhere, out in the woods too, and mm-hmm. they're paranoid and yeah. will shoot on sight. Um, actually, one time, uh, I was scouting some areas with a, a friend of mine, and we found this old building. It looked like an old homestead that was built out of rock, mm-hmm. and it was like next to a creek bed and out in the woods, and we just caught side of it we were going down this dirt road and as a bigfooter if you're looking for bigfoot mm-hmm. areas every time you cross any sort of creek yeah you stare down the creek yeah well we could see this structure mm-hmm. the silhouette of it in the woods go to check it out we quickly realize it's somebody's illegal still yeah like <laughs> there's yeah. copper pipes coming from that creek bed. Yeah. They they've set up shop. They're making them some shine. Yeah. And those guys, you know how popular moonshining has become. Yeah. Those guys will shoot you too. Yeah. It's just scary that this is happening and I've also heard of, you know, the cartel has invaded our geographic area in Oklahoma and Arkansas, which is also terrifying. It's not unexpected when you have grows going on so much and meth labs and all that, but it's just another element of, you know, I contact somebody, you know, and say, hey, do you mind if I go research on, you know, this area that they they mainly research? Mm -hmm. I don't want to step on toes. Hey, can I go stay out there and research? And they're like, yeah, but you need to be real careful. You need to be real careful because we're not the only ones out there. And there are people out there that might harm you because of what you're going to get close to. Well, southeastern Oklahoma is like the prime territory for Bigfoot in the state of Oklahoma. It's it's a hotbed. It, yeah. I would say it's the most well-known oh, yeah. for Bigfoot. I, You know, there's some other active places, but we won't get into that. Because 
There's so much wilderness. Right. It's We have actual it's mountains here. <laughs> isolated geographically. And guess what? That also attracts the criminal element who are which wanting have to be been isolated. There, yeah, <laughs> which have been there forever. Yeah. I mean, it was known as an Old West outlaw hideout area, yeah. you know. And uh, people still to this day disappear out there. I, I, I've i got a friend. He came on one of my other podcasts a couple years ago. Uh, he's from that area. And he had an uncle that went for a walk one night and never came home. They never found him. Don't know what happened to him. Yeah. Could this be missing 411? It, it, it or could very well be. Or could it could be. He have stumbled across something he shouldn't have. Saw something he shouldn't have. There was rumors that maybe he had a drug problem and owed the wrong person some money down there. Mm-hmm. But these aren't big towns. Yeah. These aren't cities. He went for a walk and disappeared. Yeah. And that was seven years ago. No trace since. Yeah. To support the cartel thing, there have been Bigfoot researchers stumbling across land where landing strips have been cut out in the land. And these are very obviously Bigfoot researchers. We find the most isolated geographic areas, well, most of us do, to find Bigfoot evidence, <laughs> right? Some of us go to <laughs> national parks. Um. So most of us go to very isolated geographic locations and we look for waterways and all of that. Well, people have been finding these landing strips out there where it is suggested, allegedly, that the cartel will land their planes. And granted, these are next to little tiny itty bitty towns in the middle of nowhere if there is a town where, no offense to any small town, but the local law enforcement could easily be bribed to look the other way that there's a plane coming (laughs) that plane didn't crash (laughs) that plane just disappeared oh there it is again anyway so and and this is in our area yeah that's scary yeah i mean it's bad enough i got people hunting for bigfoot for two million dollar bounty messing with my research now (laughs) but if you think about what they look for yeah geographically it's, it's the same stuff we it's look the for same thing i'm looking for and it's like i mean exact same like i'm looking for an isolated geographic area heavily wooded waterways yeah guess what they're looking for same thing you places know. where people don't normally go i just need to get in league with some of these growers and be like look bro <laughs> like i will guard your secret with my life if you let me research your your farm okay i'm just just saying well, you hear rumors. There's my retirement plan. See, that's that's where I was going with this whole thing initially. Was heard about this Bigfoot true crime documentary. You know, supposedly Bigfoot's responsible for killing some marijuana growers out in California. Mm-hmm. That was my cup of tea for Bigfoot podcasting. Like, I would handle some stories that I got a lot of flack for mm-hmm. that were about violence and Bigfoot not being yeah. a friendly forest giant. And people didn't like that. Mm-hmm. But in Oklahoma, you hear stories. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you hear stories. They're just not and as accepted. Right. And uh, so I was kind of hopeful mm-hmm. that, wow, maybe this is a turning point. No, but they did their <laughs> best to make it that way. They tried. Bobo's interview, they asked him, have you ever heard any encounters of violent Bigfoot and blah, blah, blah? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. 
And he tells these encounters. And then he says what his mentor told him, which was, we're walking slabs of meat in the woods. And he says it jokingly. And then he says, but in my experience over the years, I have found that they are not normally aggressive and they're not really as much of a danger as, you know, these encounters portray. They cut all yeah. that and just left. Yeah, remember. basically they're killer machines and we're slabs of meat walking through the woods. And he was really upset that they they basically edited out all the parts where he said they're not violent and left the parts where he said they're killing machines. Yeah. I don't recall seeing any of those parts in the documentary where he went on to debunk and, mm-hmm. you know. Nope. Explain himself, which, I mean... Cut all of that out, which, that's what they do. That's what they do. I mean, that they're trying to sell a product, so yeah. I get it, you know? If it's their narrative and, and the spin they were putting on the show... Um, what I thought was interesting yeah. was what Bobo said afterwards mm-hmm. about growing up in that area exactly. and researching in that area and pretty much verified everything that they were talking about yeah. in the documentary i wish they would have let him say all that yeah he should have talked about that stuff yeah i mean he said like my dad was an og yeah. he was an original grower here i grew up in this and at one point it actually does show him shaking hands with someone in front of a trailer that mm-hmm. he knew that he got them in touch with yeah and he's wearing a like bobo expedition shirt or whatever <laughs> but his face is blurred out yeah and he said i couldn't figure out why they blurred out my face because like if i was in witsec or sorry witness protection i would have been murdered because you can clearly see who it is it's me yeah. i'm wearing my shirt but yeah it, i guess the editors that did the promo didn't know that was him i don't know but basically he grew up in that yeah like it, which i thought was really interesting the whole show could have been narrated by him yeah they should have <laughs> just had him as an expert on the weed growing situation and the crimes that take place instead of as a bigfoot expert and tie in his bigfoot knowledge when needed but not like make it out to be like this is a bigfoot documentary oh just kidding it's true crime bigfoot's not real but they wanted to keep you hanging on the idea they did they did they did a good job they did a good job because every single one of us hung on till the very end so from a true crime standpoint i really enjoyed it it was like it was a lighter version of Murder Mountain to me. We have to remind ourselves, and this happens every time, anytime there's a documentary that mentions Bigfoot, mm-hmm. for some reason, we, the Bigfoot community, we, always thinks, oh, this is made for us. It's and not. it never is. It's not. So the, no. the audience that this was targeted towards, it's great. It's fine. The only movie I've ever watched that did not make me roll my eyes and this is including finding bigfoot and i don't watch those shows i've seen maybe one episode of finding bigfoot ever um i never watched any of them because as a a researcher i mean i would tune in if it was on i would tune in for the parts where they're talking to the towns yeah the town halls telling their stories and then i'd turn it back off i never watched any of the i never really watched any bigfoot movies besides like legend of boggy creek and you know stuff like that so i watched um path of the beast by justin snyder now he tells you this is a very cheaply done Mm -hmm. movie okay it's 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 I, i didn't spend a whole lot of money but i had this idea and i wanted to do it it is the only movie that as a Bigfoot researcher, I was like, yes, this, that, right there. It Now, the acting, there's some acting in it that <laughs> it hurts a little bit. But 
and I've told him this, I've told him all of this. So like, I don't even feel bad saying this because he knows I really actually enjoyed where he came from as a Bigfoot researcher for that movie. And he, in that movie, basically Bigfoot's killing and eating people Mm -hmm. because we are literally out in the woods. We get lost. They can eat us. We're food. But throughout the whole thing, like he talks about David Pilates, but he doesn't name him. But basically the person in there he references mm-hmm. there is a bigfoot group doing a town hall and they're like bigfoot is our friend and you know <laughs> we're here to find him and he stands up and he's like yeah are we going to talk about bigfoot eating people and they're like oh bigfoot doesn't do that and <laughs> just like shuts place, him down and which actually happened at a bigfoot conference in honubi oklahoma well looky there Man. anyway <laughs> i just have to say that is the only movie i've ever watched as a bigfoot researcher that did not make me just really upset at the inaccuracy (laughs) yeah it was and i told him i said this was kind of made for bigfoot researchers and he said yeah kind of i said the only issue i had with the whole movie is that the female bigfoot researcher that you featured you killed her off really quick (laughs) well you have to do that and she was found like super murdered by bigfoot but still i'm like you know she could have been like your your superhero but that's fine whatever you know could have been could have been. Nope, she died. And she had this massive gun. She had like a gun that was bigger than her. And she still died. It just sucks like, because that's accurate. <laughs> something like that would never get the green light. It's never getting the funding. It's Mm-mm. never getting the push. No, it's not as sensationalized as the usual Bigfoot rhetoric. But if you get the chance to watch it, you should. It really wasn't too bad. Oh, there's this one part at the end. Basically, he gets Bigfoot's head. He decapitates it. He has the head in a bag. He's going to prove it to everybody. This is what ate his wife. Are you... Spoiler. Uh, Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Sorry. So he has it. Ends up getting knocked out by a Bigfoot. Whatever. Bigfoot takes the head. All right. So now he's... The other Bigfoot takes the head. Okay, so now he's screwed. The he doesn't Bigfoot? have the evidence. And the Bigfoot takes him, picks him up, takes him back to the field in front of the cars, lays him down and goes back in the woods. So now he's injured. He has none of the evidence he had. And I'm like... That is so freaking something Bigfoot would do. Like, well, that I was going to say that is very <laughs> accurate of a Bigfoot Ex- outing that, in general. I mean, not the decapitated Bigfoot yeah, head yeah. part, but, but like, like yeah. any, oh, I could have gotten a picture. <laughs> yeah, I could have gotten a picture. I had this evidence and then this happened. It's like, I just laughed. Like, it's so, he really nailed it in that bigfoot literally is not gonna make it easy for you to get the evidence right it's gonna yeah. go mess up you can see a track turn around come back that track's all wiped away yeah, it's just right, like well, how i mean how many times <laughs> have you been kneeling down looking at a track and then hear thunder roll <laughs> like, i mean you just you, uh, you turn around and look because a rock lands behind <laughs> you and then you look forward and so you know it's just like it was just so funny because it was so accurate that yeah a bigfoot would do that on reflection, the biggest problem I have with the Sasquatch documentary, in hindsight, mm-hmm. there's no bodies. There's no crime report. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Yeah. So for all we know, this entire story was just made up. Yeah. We don't know who those voices on the phone were. Yeah. Those could have been actors. They probably were actors. <laughs> that was the that was the production crew. <laughs> yeah. Like this whole thing could have been entirely 100% fabricated. Yeah. And just could've. pushed as a documentary. It's hard to prove or disprove because people go missing every day in Humboldt County. So I was going to say on Murder Mountain this guy goes missing 
and his family's looking for him. And then these ladies catch wind of it and they're looking for him and they hear that, yeah, he owed this other guy money. The guy didn't want to pay him. So he shot him in the face and went and buried him on this property. And they're like, you know, this can't be allowed to happen. All of this. So then they launch their own little investigation, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's called the Alder Point Eight. This group of growers, this these guys, these eight guys dress up in camo and masks and stuff, and they go to the guy's house, and they put a gun in his face, and they pistol whip him, and then put a gun in his face, and they say, you killed Brandon, take us to the body. And he's like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, and they're like, you know, beating the crap out of him. He finally takes him to the body, which has been buried with a backhoe, because those are all over up there, it's a grow operation, takes him find the body. He really did kill him. Now, law enforcement, like I said before, would not have anything to do with this. They wouldn't investigate. They wouldn't go on the property. They had all these leads and they're like, oh, we don't have a body. Sorry. Like, we don't have a body. There's no evidence. So they find the body and it took them, basically the growers exerting vigilante justice to find this guy's body and basically get it home to his family i was just gonna say so the growers like (laughs) they went vigilante justice on his ass yeah wow and that is the only way this kid was ever found he was buried on the side of a mountain somewhere i mean why did they do it because they were like ogs and this guy was like a meth head jerk and they were just like that's not the way we do things they were just like you know it's not right because this kid had invested fifty thousand dollars of his own money into this guy's grow because he wanted to make it big get money and go live in mexico and fish the rest of his life he was 29 years old he gave this guy fifty thousand dollars the guy was supposed to give him his money back wouldn't the guy he confronts him the guy goes inside comes out with a gun and shoots him now the autopsy said that this guy was shot in the mouth and then it severed his spinal cord and he died instantly to me, that's not like a confrontation of I'm pointing a gun at you no. and I shoot you in the mouth. To me, that's like that gun was in his mouth, Yeah, which is a whole different situation. But whatever. Maybe I'm spinning out of control with my no. imagination. But to me, that's somebody's tied up and has a pistol shoved yeah. in their throat. Yeah. So anyway, they find this kid's body and they beat the living crap out of this guy. And then the vigilantes drive the injured man to the hospital and basically just like kick him out and then go back up to the mountain the cops never arrested any of them <laughs> they talked to and then because the cops are super effective they didn't talk to any of the guys about beating the crap out of this guy they didn't even the guy that was injured they talked to him about who did this to you but they didn't talk to him about like because you know the people said hey We have the body. He murdered him. We have the body. We have the bullet. All of that. Right here's your evidence that you said you wouldn't investigate without. And the sheriffs never talked to the guy about it. They talked to him about who did this to you, but they didn't talk to him about you murdered this guy. Just let him go. Wow. Like, that's how bad it is up there that they will not investigate. That's terrifying. And they said it is like our our own little country, our own laws. Law enforcement doesn't really have a lot to do with us. So let me add my own little twist. A twist. twist. With all this going on in Northern California, where people just disappear and nobody bats an eye, how many of them are victims of Bigfoot? Exactly. If a grower goes missing, everybody would just assume that somebody else took him out. So my thought, 
and I think they did approach this a little bit on the documentary, but my thought was, you know, they spread this rumor that it was Bigfoot, okay, to keep people in line. Now, that is not the first time that has ever happened. Mm-hmm. So many of our cryptids today are products of rumors being spread to keep people out of certain areas, such as the Snallygaster. Dun, dun, dun. Cue the giggle. Matt what always giggles. What is the <laughs> You always giggle when I say Snallygaster. It's just a funny word. It really is. So the Snallygaster was invented to keep people away from, you guessed it, stills. Snallies. Oh, gasters. <laughs> yeah, gasters. <laughs> Moonshiners. Yeah. So it was invented. And so the, I guess the sound that the moonshine stills would make, it's like a high pitched something, some kind of sound like that. It would, people would say, oh, yep, you hear that? That's the snallygaster. And they would use that mythical creature to keep people away from their stills. Bigfoot and uh, the boogeyman, especially, has always been used to keep little kids from running out in the woods or coming home whenever it gets dark mm-hmm. uh, I, you know i had a friend whose grandmother at whenever they go out to her cabin out in the woods they'd always say that uh, you can't uh, be off the porch at night because the little indian kids will come out of the woods and try to play tag with you and they play too rough these were native american people i'm talking about <laughs> uh, it is believed after his brother actually had his ankle twisted mm-hmm. by something he described as a hairy child mm-hmm. that grabbed his ankle while he was running and twisted it that they were actually talking about Bigfoot. Oh. Yeah, cryptids have been used a, a long time in one form or another as a mm-hmm. type of warning. This movie highlights just how effective that is when you tell a toothless and ruthless <laughs> individual high on a substance that Bigfoot killed some people. Apparently it's very effective. I guess the point being is whether the monster is Bigfoot or humans, lots of things to make you disappear on planet fear. On planet fear. On planet fear.